The following is brought to you by friends and partners of Otano Team Ministries. This is what I wanted to get to in the first Having a form of godliness and all of these characteristics. Hello, this is Pastor Michael Otano, and you're watching Revival Now. Today, I'm privileged to present to you an extraordinary message entitled, The Blessing of the Atonement. You know, in the Old Testament, the atonement was based on a specific day where God required that a lamb was presented to him. And this lamb, the sins of the people would be confessed over it. The lamb would die and the blood would cover the people. But I'm so excited because Romans chapter 5, verse number 8 through 12 tells us the insights that God not only covers our sins in the New Testament, but he eradicates our sin. This is an exciting message. Let's go to the service already in progress. I'm going to talk about today, this can be the turning point of your relationship with God. You can only go as far as you understand. And if you don't have understanding, then you're not going to be able to go that far. Let's stand for the reading of the word. Hebrews chapter 8. Look with me at verse number 1 and 2. Then I want to go down to verse 5 and 6. Now, the things which we have spoken, this is the sum. We have such a high priest who is set on the right hand of the throne of the majesty in the heavens or the glory in the heavens, a minister of the sanctuary and of the true tabernacle, which the Lord pitched and not man. Verse five, who serve unto the example and the shadow of the heavenly things, as Moses was administered of God when he was about to make the tabernacle for, see, said he, that thou make all things according to the pattern shown to thee in the mount. But now he has obtained a more excellent ministry. Someone say excellent ministry. So you have to understand that there's a break in thought. He was talking about Moses. Now he's talking about Jesus, that Jesus has a more excellent ministry by how much also he is the mediator of a better covenant. Someone say better. Which was established upon better promises. So not only is there a covenant, there's also promises to this covenant. I'm talking to us part two today on the message, the blessing of your atonement. Let's pray right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, so grateful, God, for your presence here today. So grateful for the anointing I feel resting on me today. Let me step back, Lord. And Lord, I ask for you to loose revelation knowledge. Infuse someone with your word today. Let light come to them. Revelation illuminate them let them be empowered today and transformed in jesus name we pray all of you and none of me and we declare the devil is defeated in jesus name we pray 
And let every person say amen. Clap your hands unto the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. So worthy to be lifted up. So worthy to be exalted. Thank you, Lord, that we get to hear from you right now that you're going to have a conversation with us. You're going to talk to us, Lord. You're going to minister to us. Say, speak to me, Lord. You may be seated. I talked quite exhaustively last week when we looked at the tabernacle and its significance to the New Testament. We went through and we looked at the um, brazen altar or also called the altar of sacrifice. Someone say the altar of sacrifice. In other, ways, in other words, no one is going to come to God without realizing that it's going to cost you something to come to God. There's, there's sacrifice when you demonstrate worship unto God. That when someone comes to God, they come to him and they meet him at that place of sacrifice. That place where the first thing that you're going to meet is the lamb. The lamb that's being sacrificed, designed to make an atonement for you. Oh, how we need to appreciate Jesus. That even though it has been 2,000 years since he offered up the sacrifice to God that has been accepted, I'm so grateful today that the blood of Jesus is still flowing today. I'm so grateful that we can come to that place of sacrifice and we do so by offering sacrifice unto God that when I come to God and I give myself to him I begin to activate the sacrifice that was laid on that altar this is why it's so important that in people's involvement when they begin to come to church that they realize it's not just the assembling of yourselves of coming together but it is offering yourself as a sacrifice unto God offering yourself as a sacrifice unto God to initiate the process of salvation number one for no person can be saved until they give themselves over to God. And you can't just say, God, I want to give you over my foot and not give God your heart. You can't say, God, I'm going to give you half of me and not give all of you to God. It's not that you're designed to keep yourself, but you are responsible to give yourself. And every person has to... Uh, hear me under the sound of my voice today that we give ourselves to God. We call that repentance today, but that's not something that we do one time for every day. We are designed to give ourselves to God and to meet him at that altar of sacrifice. Sacrifice, a word that people normally do not like to hear. They like people to sacrifice for them, but they themselves do not like to sacrifice. But when it comes to God, and when you have a revelation in whom Jesus is, that Jesus was that 
atoning lamb. Jesus is that meeting place. He is the one that placed all of the sins upon himself. He was the sacrificial lamb. But he was not just the sacrificial lamb, Brother Burns. I'm so glad he's our high priest. I'm so glad he's our intercessor. I'm so glad he sits on the throne of glory today making intercession for the saints. The same one who was the lamb is also the high priest. But Pastor Othano, how can it be the lamb and be the high priest? Oh, that qualifies for revelation to whom Jesus Christ really is. Because even though Jesus was all man, Jesus was not just man. And even though Jesus was all God, Jesus was not just God. He was the lamb, but he was the high priest. He was that place where we get... I know that you're enjoying the broadcast, and I wanted to remind you and inform you, if you're interested for more content, you can visit us on all of our social media platforms. You can visit us on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, or even on our website. We're here to revive you and to transform your life. God bless. To come to him. Now, you don't understand today because many times you wake up and you sense this uh, idea that I don't feel it today. I'm not as overwhelmed today to seek God passionately. I don't want to pursue him vigorously. I don't sense this great oomph in my soul to push. But when you recognize that in the Old Testament, people couldn't come into his presence. People could only hear about God. People could only wait for once a year until the high priest would go into that tabernacle. They would hear about it. They would get to watch from the outside, never being able to really see what's happening on the inside. And it wasn't that people never attempted to. People would try to come into the presence of God. When God brought them out of Egypt and he brought them through the Red Sea, he took them to Mount Sinai and Moses was going to go up in the presence of God was going to fall. The people wanted to come and God says, make sure you put a fence around the mountain that no person would enter into my presence. Because if they would have entered into his presence without blood, they would have died. So when they would try to come to God's presence, God would say, access denied. You cannot come into my presence. There's no blood to sacrifice for you. There's no high priest that's standing in intercession for you. And so when you recognize that many wanted to come before the tabernacle. Many wanted to go in the tabernacle. Many wanted to see what was behind the veil of the tabernacle. But they did not have access. And when Jesus Christ came on the scene, he says, I've come to do the will of my Father. And what Jesus wanted to do, 
He wanted to grant us access to the presence of God. Jesus wanted to take us behind the veil. Jesus wanted us to gain access to the presence. Jesus wanted us to be in covenant with his heavenly father. Jesus wanted the promises of God to be poured out in our lives. So when you wake up and you say, well, I don't feel it today and I don't even know if I'm going to go to church, you better recognize that there has been great sacrifice that has been shed and you've got to shake yourself off and you've got to offer some sacrifice unto God all over again because a price has been paid for you and I that we can receive this great atonement. Mm. Yeah, they couldn't come in his presence. Access denied. But when Jesus shed that blood and Jesus entered into covenant with God, Jesus turned around and invited us to enter into covenant with him because he was in covenant with God. It's a better covenant because in the old covenant, it took the individual to engage the responsibility to honor the law, the do's and the don'ts. And if you don't do the do's and the don'ts, you disqualify yourself from being a recipient of the covenant. And this is why that covenant was flawed. Because man in himself cannot atone for his sins before God. Man in himself does not have strength to do what God is requiring to be done. Man needs blood to be shed that he can be covered. And man needs the infilling of God's spirit where he writes his laws in our hearts and in our minds. We need the grace of God working and active in our I wish there was somebody here today that would appreciate that atoning sacrifice. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's designed to bring us, bring us before the presence of God. It's designed to take us behind the veil that we can experience that reconciliation. Romans chapter number five, please. Romans chapter number five. Look with me at, uh, well, it's all good. I guess I got to go to eight. But God commended his love to us, towards us. God commended his love towards us. Here's another reason why you need to push yourself. I don't feel like doing that. I'm going to tell you right now. Why are so many people having so much turmoil? Why is the church turning to so many different things instead of going back to the altar and going back to an experience and trusting God in his word and living with the sense of peace that has been imparted? We have to understand and we celebrate all the time that the righteousness that we have is the righteousness of Jesus. That it's not our righteousness, it's the righteousness of Jesus. That he became sin, that we would become the one. 
the righteousness of God. That righteousness is not our righteousness. We celebrate that. We've grown into that. I taught you that. But what I need to really teach you and what I really need to get you to understand when I speak about peace, the same way the righteousness has come from Jesus. I'm not talking about a peace from this world. I'm not talking about a peace that you can generate. I'm not talking about something that you can do. I'm talking about a peace that comes from the power of the Holy Ghost. the New Testament's got nothing to do with feelings God doesn't save you for you to feel it God saves you to empower you to know that you have access behind the veil that if you push beyond your flesh the glory of God will invade your life he doesn't save you for you to feel it all the time. But he does save you to awaken you and to understand that he came down and reached down for you when you were at your lowest and at your worst. The lamb, the atoning lamb was shed for you. So I don't care if you've been saved for five years or five minutes. I don't care if you've come to the church the first time or the tenth time. You got a reason to worship. You got a reason to be fervent. You got a reason to be zealous. You got a reason to press into his presence and to open up your mouth unto the Lord. Much more than being now justified by his blood. We shall be saved from the wrath through him. Justified by his blood. We're going to be saved from. Do you, do you realize that the moment a person experienced the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus judges that individual. Amen. See, you, you really don't experience judgment when you die physically, but rather when you died at an altar and came to Jesus. The moment a person surrenders their life over to Jesus, God recognizes that person has died. So when we baptize them, we are burying them. We are burying that old person. We're burying that old person. We're allowing the blood to come over them. And where God says when they come up, they are justified in my sight. They're not flawless, but they're justified. They have been rendered righteous in the sight of God. And because they have been rendered righteous in the sight of God, God releases restoration to them. There's a difference between righteousness and restoration. Righteousness gives you the right to be in God's presence. Restoration is your pursuit of his holy presence. He gives you a right to be in his presence, but he wants you to pursue his holy presence. And the devil is always trying to create things, to create a veil between you and the presence of God. He's always attacking you with something. He's always broadsiding your mind. He's always trying to interrupt 
what God is trying to do. So he is forever looking to distract you. That you live outside of God's presence. That you can experience righteousness, but that you reject your own restoration. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God. For when we were enemies, think about that. That every person that does not have the blood of Jesus working in their lives, they are an enemy of God. You're an enemy of God. This is why the church has to be bold, reaching for a lost and dying world, not realizing that they stand in a position where they are the enemy of God, where they've never experienced the presence of God. They don't know what it is to be touched by the Holy Ghost. They don't know what it is for the compassion of God to touch them. They don't know what it is to be healed in their physical body that by His stripes we were healed. The world doesn't understand that and we need to embrace that and gloriously display that to a lost and dying world. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more. Be I know that you're enjoying the broadcast and I wanted to remind you and inform you. If you're interested for more content, you can visit us on all of our social media platforms. You can visit us on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, or even on our website. We're here to revive you and to transform your life. God bless. Being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Notice the reconciliation that he talks about, about the death that God's wrath was poured on Jesus on the cross because he was that atoning lamb. Wow. I never want it to get old to me. I never want to be desensitized. The one that died for me, the one that shed his blood for me, the one that suffered for me, the one that cried out, Father, why hast thou forsaken me? Because wrath was being poured out on him. Wrath that he didn't deserve, but wrath that he put on himself that we can be justified and we can be reconciled before God not only so but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ we joy we've got a joy in our hearts we got a praise in our mouth not a praise that you can drum up but a praise that he puts inside of you because when he gives you redemption when you experience salvation the devil cannot take away your joy problems cannot interfere with your joy because you have access to his presence you have access granted that every time the presence of God touches you the joy of the Lord should re-strengthen you that no matter where you are at it doesn't matter because you know where you are going Woo, Jesus By whom also we have now received, Rambonai, 
we have received, we have reached out and pulled to us that atoning lamb. And because we've reached out and pulled that atoning lamb, there has been an exchange that has taken place. An exchange. Living with the reality that there has been an exchange that has taken place in your life. Someone that's not saved, they can't react the way that someone is saved. Someone that's rejecting God's restoration versus someone that's pursuing God's restoration, they can't respond the same way. That we recognize and understand that we can have boldness to come before His presence. Someone say boldness. You see, it's one of the benefits that you get through this better covenant. You have boldness to enter into his presence. And, and, and people need to understand the reality of that. That when the enemy tries to push you out of God's presence, you need to be able to fight back and say, No, I'm not going to be pushed out of God's presence. I'm not going to allow my senses to dictate the outcome. I'm going to look to that atoning lamb in which I received. I'm not going to allow myself to be separated from the lamb, but I'm going to work from this experience with this atoning lamb. Listen to what it says. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 14 through 16. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens. He's passed. We read it already. He's sitting there on the throne of God's majesty. He's passed through the heavens. Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. He said, let us come boldly before the throne. Let us, he, don't be intimidated. He said boldly, when something starts to break out in your life, you don't back off of your relationship with God, but you've got to push forward in your relationship with God. I promise you, you're gonna get some bad news. I promise you the devil's going to try to sabotage you. I promise you that he's not done trying to mess with you. But you got a better covenant. You got a covenant that you don't have to wait for no high priest in the Old Testament. You don't have to wait for once a year. You can come boldly at the time when you are attacked. You've got access granted to you. You can come boldly to the Lord. You can come with some assurance. You can come with some fervency. You can come with some zeal. You may go through some things and it may knock you down. And it may take you down. But don't stay where you're at. If you don't got the strength to get back up and you fall, I don't care if you got to crawl. Crawl your way into his presence. But come boldly before his throne. No matter what you've got to do, you've got to get into the presence of God. Because if you can crawl, if you can push, if you can come boldly before the throne, 
His presence will quicken you. He'll renew you and strengthen you. Hold fast the profession. Mm. The profession. Hold fast the profession. Hold fast the thing that you said when you were in the light. That when the darkness comes, you don't question what he told you in the light. Hold fast the profession of your faith. The thing that you believe for. The things that you confess for. the thing. See, profession of faith, that deals with controlling the imagination. Well, it has been a great privilege to expostulate the word of God to you today. I hope you are supercharged that you can boldly come before the throne of God in your time of need. I want to thank you partners and friends and all of you that continuously support this ministry. I'd never like to conclude without reminding you that you are important to God. God bless.